This is the Off-Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body, all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy Kate Burr. Welcome to July's Masterclass, how to train and eat with your menstrual cycle to feel balanced, healthy, and to cultivate results. Tonight's class is for all women, all women who bleed, who train, who want to know more about their cycle and how to navigate through it to get the most out of their training. When we understand our menstrual cycle, it becomes a tool to help us connect to the physical, to our bodies, to cultivate results, to feel balanced and healthy. It's kind of like a power tool. So in class today, we will be in conversation uh, about menstrual cycle basics so the 101 of our menstrual cycle we'll look at understanding our cycle and using a seasonal approach uh, to do this and how we can work our um, inner seasons so the phases of our menstrual cycle into our actual seasons to really honor the changing needs of our body Uh, within each phase of our menstrual cycle. Uh, We'll look at how to work with your body and not against it uh, by honoring these changing needs and the shifts that happen in each phase of the menstrual cycle. And then we'll look at some training and nutrition suggestions to support each phase of the menstrual cycle. So we'll dig deep about what's actually happening with our hormones and then how that impacts our training. And then uh, this leads into understanding when you can push harder and train harder and then when you should prioritize rest and recovery. And this really supports you getting the most out of your training, which helps you cultivate the results. And then lastly, we'll look at a bit of a happy hormones plan. And this is just a plan that Uh, when I initially connect with women, uh, that we work through to ensure that we're optimizing hormonal health, which then therefore supports their training. So a little bit of a caveat. There is limited research uh, using this seasonal approach to honor the changing needs of the body within each phase of the cycle. And my interest really sparked in this area uh, three years ago when I moved to Vancouver and I was really struggling with the seasons. And so I got very interested in seasons and rhythms and how they affect uh, our body and our own internal rhythms. And then I came across quite a bit of research by Claire Baker who's also a fellow Australian, and she does a lot of work uh, with women and the menstrual cycle. And she uses a seasonal approach, which really resonated with me. And now when I work with women, uh, 
we use a seasonal approach with their menstrual cycle, with their training, uh, and with how they navigate life to really support and optimize their health and well-being. And so there's not a lot of research using this seasonal approach. There is more research on how you can optimize your performance during your cycle. So there's a lot of research with athletes and female athletes um, and really working on this triad that actually happens uh, within uh, female athletes and performance that uh, causes them to get amenorrheic, so their loss of their period and how that impacts their performance. So I'm not a hormonal expert, but I have been doing this for 12 years uh, and I have studied hormones and I am sharing with you what I have learned over the last 12 years uh, through my own experience and from working with so many women. So no two women are the same and no two cycles are the same. But today's class is about understanding the cycle and it's based on a 28-day cycle, uh, not on... Uh, if you are on birth control or you're coming off birth control, it really does affect um, true periods because they suppress ovulation. So this information is based on a 28-day cycle, not on hormonal birth control. Um, so the pill or hormonal withdrawal bleeds are not true periods because of that suppression of ovulation. Uh, so if you don't experience a normal 28-day cycle, I would love to connect with you and we can have a conversation about what your cycle looks like and um, how we could navigate through that. So let's do this. First, we're going to cover menstrual cycle basics. And cycles are really an inherent part of our biology. Uh, we have 24-hour circadian rhythms, we have sleep-wake cycles, we have seasonal cycles, we actually experience seasons within nature. But the most important cycle is our menstrual cycle. When we understand our internal rhythms, when we understand our cycle, we adapt better to our training. Uh, we get results, we can improve our health, we get stronger, we can change our body composition sustainably, we have better relationships, we can recover better, we really reduce our risk of injury, and we have more energy. So we're just going to get a little bit sciencey, and I don't want tonight to be a science lesson. Um, and the science is cool and it's important to know, but I really want tonight to be about starting to understand what the cycle looks like uh, using a seasonal approach and then how that impacts your training. So we'll spend a little bit of time uh, looking at some of the star players, so some of your hormones, and I'll pull up a graph so that we can look at that and visually understand what's actually happening. Okay, the star players in our hormonal health. For such tiny substances, our hormones can really wreak havoc. They impact our food choices, our cravings, our sex drive, how well 
uh, our digestion works, our moods, our body temperature. They really help determine whether we burn fat efficiently and they influence the appearance of our skin and our nails and our hair. But as I said, there's a lot of science and it's cool to know, but tonight's not a biology class. So I really want to gift you some science basics and then we'll dive into how this actually impacts your training. So let's jump in and we'll look at estrogen first. So estrogen is really the main sex hormone and it causes puberty, it prepares the body and the uterus for pregnancy and it regulates menstruation. So it regulates the cycle. It really facilitates your period each month and it uh, starts to build at the start of your cycle and really peaks um, at around day 13, 14 um, at ovulation. It helps keep your moods balanced and it keeps us focused. It does influence other neurotransmitters uh, like serotonin. And this is why it helps regulate our mood. Uh, and the influence on serotonin really impacts our sleep and our appetite. So estrogen is the key hormone in influencing your uterine lining uh, each month. So it prepares the body for conception and it builds and peaks in the first phase of your menstrual cycle, which is your follicular phase, which we will look at when we come to the graph. Then we have progesterone, and the major role of progesterone is to prepare the body for pregnancy in the event that an egg is actually released and is fertilized. So progesterone builds and peaks in the second half of your cycle, so your luteal phase, and it's mainly produced from the corpus luteum. Uh, and it's formed because of the ruptured follicles post ovulation. So you have this build in estrogen, you ovulate, uh, and then there's ruptured follicles post ovulation. And then uh, progesterone is produced from that corpus luteum. So, what that really means is that ovulation is essential for adequate progesterone production. So we are meant to ovulate to have an adequate amount of progesterone. And it's really a very important hormone. <laughs> uh, it's actually incredible. It helps to improve our mood, our sleep, it supports energy. And it actually has a really strong role in fat metabolism. It reduces excessive bleeding during menstruation. Uh, it really modulates our immune function. It reduces the incidence of acne and it supports healthy hair growth. So it's kind of like a powerhouse hormone. And then we have our androgens. And when we talk about androgens, most people just think we're talking about testosterone, but we're also talking about DHEA. And they are the hormones that are produced by both males and females. And we're more familiar with testosterone. But DHEA also fits under this umbrella of androgens. And the ovaries and the uh, adrenals produce them. So testosterone is most prevalent in the form of androgen found in the female body. And it peaks just prior to ovulation. 
So in the graph, you've got a build in estrogen and then a build in testosterone, and it peaks just prior to that 14-day um, in your cycle where you start to ovulate. And it's really responsible for increasing your energy, uh, your sex drive, your strength. Uh, and DHEA also has very similar roles. So it increases libido, uh, sexual arousal, it improves uh, motivation, energy, and it really gives us a sense of well-being. At this, uh, at this time, we can also experience like a decrease in pain. So we can tolerate more pain and discomfort. And then we move into FSH, so the follicular stimulating hormone. And as the name suggests, uh, FS, FSH is responsible for the growth and development of the ovarian follicle in preparation for ovulation. So there is a rise in, in estrogen during this follicular phase and it stimulates uh, the product of FSH. And then they continue to rise together up until ovulation. So they kind of dance together. And then you have luteinizing hormone, so LH, and it's secreted by the anterior pituitary gland. And it works in conjunction with FSH to support <clears throat> the growing follicle uh, in the ovary to secrete estrogen throughout the follicular phase. Okay, so that's a little bit of science basics on your hormones. And I'm going to share the little graph so we can have a look at. So we can have a look at the cycle. Okay, so this is uh, a visual representation of the menstrual cycle. So it's broken down into 28 days. And then day one to day 14 is your follicular phase. So phase one of the menstrual cycle. And then you have um, the hormones down the left-hand side. Uh, and as we can see in the follicular phase, from day one to day seven, that's your bleed and hormones are quite low. It's not until we start to get to the second half of the follicular phase that our estrogen and our testosterone and our FSH begin to rise. And they peak at day 14, so ovulation, and then they start to decrease as there is a build in progesterone. So progesterone is peaking at about day 21, 22. Um, and then what happens at around day 25, 26, so about five to seven days before the end of our cycle, before we bleed again, is that the hormones plummet and they decrease. Uh, and then we start our cycle again. So I use a seasonal approach uh, when speaking about the menstrual cycle. And this beautiful illustration comes from Claire Baker, who does amazing work with women and their inner seasons. And 
this illustration just beautifully depicts um, our cycle with using a seasonal approach. So from day one to day seven is our winter. So we're menstruating, we're bleeding, and then day seven to day 14 is our spring. Day 14 to 21 is summer, and this is the start of the luteal phase. And then autumn is day 21 to 28. So we'll dive deep into the seasons um, and we'll chat about uh, what actually happens within each season. Uh, so what should my cycle be like? This is a really common question. And when I connect with women, uh, one that comes up quite frequently. Your menstrual cycle, as I said, is split into two main phases. So when your body is preparing to release an egg, which is the follicular phase, and then after the egg's been released, which is the luteal phase. So you've got 28 days, you've got two main cycles, two main phases. So your hormones change throughout the menstrual cycle. And what this means is that we feel different throughout the cycle. Uh, we don't feel the same through the 28-day cycle. And to explain this, this analogy of the seasons works really beautifully and really well. Uh, and it helps really uh, represent the shifts that happen. So day one of your cycle is the first day of your period, the day you start to bleed. And this is when the uterine lining actually starts to shed. And the follicular phase begins now. And FSH causes the follicles to start to develop. And these developing follicles produce estrogen. So this is where we get this rise in estrogen in this first phase of the cycle. And it really peaks in that second, um, that second half of the first phase. So estrogen is our dominant hormone. And it starts off low and it continues to rise. Then the second half, our luteal phase, progesterone causes the lining of the uterus to thicken. So that's why we have that um, mucus and that excretion um, of mucus because it's really preparing the body for implantation of the egg. And if no fertilization occurs, both estrogen and progesterone start to fall and the follicle shrinks and it prepares your body to shed that uterine lining, which is the bleed. So the luteal phase will last about 10 to 12 days and about five to seven days before your period starts, that's where that dramatic drop in hormones happens. And this can be really the time where you may begin to notice PMS symptoms uh, and low energy. So we're cyclic. The female body has daily, monthly, seasonal hormonal rhythms. And often we don't honor um, those changing rhythms and problems arise when we don't honor the rhythms. They, we ignore them, we neglect them, we silence them, we overpower them, or we really disconnect from them altogether. Um, 
So understanding our hormones may be really our very own unique superpower. It's actually really cool uh, and it's so empowering when we understand our body and understand what's actually happening. And the first part is just starting to understand what's happening in the cycle and understanding our inner seasons. So the hormones fluctuate throughout the cycle. Um, and there are a few main problems that I see when it comes to training with your menstrual cycle. The first is that many women don't even know that these changes exist. They have no idea. Uh, so they beat themselves up uh, for not feeling good enough or strong enough, especially during that second phase of the menstrual cycle, the luteal phase, like about five to seven days before their period. Number two is that some women do notice that they feel a little bit off, but, it but they assume that it's something that's wrong with them, that uh, they're weak or they're not good enough or their body's letting them down. And often I hear it's like, I could do it last week, but why can't I do it this week? Uh, instead of just honoring that, it's actually just the natural hormonal fluctuations that are happening. And then the third one uh, is that many trainers, teachers, coaches just actually have no idea about the menstrual cycle and the changes that happen in each phase of the menstrual cycle. And so then um, training, uh, workouts, sessions, programs, plans, they aren't, um, they aren't molded around uh, and they don't take into account these variations. And then the last one is that women feel really uncomfortable speaking up about, uh, about their period, about what's happening with their body. And they're not very good at advocating for themselves uh, and feeling comfortable to voice that they're in the second phase of their cycle. So the program or the training or the workout um, is not really conducive to that phase of the cycle. And this is really hard, especially within a group environment, uh, to speak up and to really advocate for yourself that the, the session for the day is not going to support what you need. Um, and this is where this education piece comes in. Uh, it empowers women to understand their body and understand how they can get the most out of each phase of their cycle. So then they're therefore empowered to really speak up to their trainer, to their teach, to their coach to get the most out of it. Okay, so let's dive deep into the seasons. So we're going to start with winter. And winter is day one to day seven. So it's menstruation. It's the follicular phase. And it's the first half of the follicular phase. And the focus is on increased intensity. So the first day or two of our period, our body may talk to us in symptoms. 
So a lot of women I know do experience some symptoms in the first couple of days uh, after they start bleeding. And we really need to honor that. We need to honor that the body has gone through a shift uh, and that the body is speaking to us in symptoms. So we need to contract, rest and nourish. But often from day two or three, we actually feel pretty good. Uh, and during this time, we can actually really increase the intensity and the frequency of our training. And the focus can be on uh, lifting heavy and resistance training. There was um, a really cool study done uh, in 2017, I think, and it confirmed that having a higher training frequency in the follicular phase uh, resulted in the best progress. So I think the study examined 59 women or 60 women that uh, did strength training and over a period of four to five months. And as a result, what they found was that um, high frequency periodized leg training. So they were just focusing on leg strength training. Um, so like squats and deadlifts and leg press um, during the first two weeks of the follicular phase. So this uh, winter period and the start of spring um, is more beneficial to gain power and strength and to increase lean body mass than doing this type of training in the second phase of the menstrual cycle. So in the luteal phase. So in fact that the, this periodized group that did leg strength training in the, in the follicular phase for the first two weeks of the follicular phase, they were the group that had the significant increase in lean body mass in the legs. So they gained more muscle mass in the legs and got more strength gains than the other group who did the type of training in the luteal phase. So in the second half of their menstrual cycle. So why? <laughs> so estrogen is anti-catabolic. And what that really means is that it protects uh, muscle mass in the body from being broken down. So as uh, estrogen begins to rise and it's the dominant hormone in the first phase of our cycle in this follicular phase, it really aids in muscle repair and muscle growth. Um, and so it supports this type of training. So winter is really the time to plan your heavier, more intense strength workouts because estrogen is here to support um, the repair of the muscle and to help to gain um, that muscle mass. And also remember you have an increase in testosterone, which is uh, supports your energy and it supports your strength gains as well. Well, while the follicular phase uh, and the day of ovulation may be really good times to train heavy, and it is, so we can do more weight training and we can get more out of it, um, what also happens is that it can be a time, um, especially as we're coming up to ovulation, 
that um, you have a higher risk of injury. Uh, this is as you approach because of the hormone fluctuations. And so when I am working with women and in my own training, I'm quite aware of this period. Uh, and just I'm more aware that uh, what we need to do is prepare the body and maybe nurture and nourish it with a little bit more of um, movement and preparation before you're going to do um, training just to make sure we're armoring the joints and the tissues because we can be at an increased risk of injury, uh, especially the last half of this, um, this phase of winter. Okay, and then we move into spring. And spring is day seven to 14. And so it's post bleeding at around day seven. Uh, and it can vary for women. So some women only bleed, you know, four or five days and then they'll enter their spring uh, where other women do bleed for seven. So at around day seven, we enter spring and spring is post bleeding and then pre ovulation because we're really hitting ovulation at around that day 14. So we're still in the follicular phase. We're in the second half of the follicular phase. And this is where we can focus on high intensity, on going hard <laughs> because estrogen upswings and it starts to peak uh, and so does testosterone uh, and they peak at the end of spring. And so spring is a yang energy phase where we can expand, um, express, push. Uh, we're very motivated. We really seek growth and newness. Uh, we feel like empowered and light. We feel very decisive. And so this week, uh, this second half of the follicular phase, we can push. Um, we really find that our energy is at our peak because our hormones are at their peak. And so this is the time to take advantage of this and you can do workouts that require max efforts that push your body. Um, you can do PRs, shorter, all-out intense workouts or sprints, um, really heavy lifting. Um, it's a great time to try and cultivate or develop new skills. So often with uh, the women that I work with, if I am going to start them on a new program or introduce a new skill into their training, their spring is the time that I do that because uh, the hormones are at their peak, our energy is at our peak. We're very open to this newness and this expansion. Um, and so everything's set us up to support that, to support this growth in learning um, and then also within the body. Uh, so it's the time to train harder, uh, you can train more intensely, you can train more frequently, uh, you can really push the body, uh, you can develop some really cool new skills, you can lift heavier. But we need nutrition to support all this. So we're going to dive deep into what nutrition looks like in the follicular phase to support this uh, high intense training uh, and uh, pushing ourselves and lifting heavier.
So what the studies suggest is that insulin sensitivity changes throughout your cycle. So how sensitive we are to insulin will change at each phase of the cycle and depending on what our hormones are doing. So insulin is the hormone that's produced by the pancreas and really escorts the glucose out of the blood into our muscles and our liver and our cells so we can use it as energy. So you think of the pancreas and then think of it as like it has little doors and the insulin is like a little key and it lets it out into the bloodstream and then it can pick up that glucose in the bloodstream and then convert it to energy. So estrogen and progesterone mildly influence this. So their changes change what's actually happening without insulin sensitivity. Um, and so it changes how our body utilizes and stores fuel. So how we actually use that glucose and how we store it. So, for example, uh, one study, I think it was in healthy women, uh, showed that insulin sensitivity was higher during the follicular phase. Uh, and so your body um, is more insulin sensitive at the beginning of your cycle when estrogen is higher and becomes more insulin resistant during the second half when progesterone is higher. So what does that mean when it comes to your training? When the body is more insulin sensitive, uh, so it means it's better at getting those little keys out into the bloodstream to pick up the glucose to bring it back in to use it as fuel. So insulin sensitive means that your body's better at doing that. Uh, we need less insulin to keep blood glucose levels at a normal range. So we don't need to send as many out to keep that um, at a normal range and keep your body's cell, uh, cells supplied with glucose. Uh, so basically our body's a little bit better at managing that in our follicular phase. So... During this time, carbohydrates are used more efficiently. So we can actually uh, intake higher carbohydrates and our body is more efficient at using them for fuel for our high-intensity training. This can have a little bit uh, to do with the fact that our basal metabolic rate uh, is decreased during this phase and it really hits the lowest point during uh, about seven, five to seven days before ovulation. And so doing high intensity exercise uh, can counteract this and it really boosts your metabolism. And then uh, to support this, we, we can have a higher intake of carbohydrates and our body is better at using that for fuel. So we're more insulin sensitive. We can eat more carbohydrates because we're doing high intensity training and our body is better at um, converting them to fuel to support our training. What we really need to focus on is that nutrition is a, is a tool to downregulate. 
So when it comes to my food and my nutrition, the way that I look at it is to support that, to support my training, to support um, me in down regulation, so in managing my stress. And then it's a tool to bring energy into my cells. So food creates energy on a cellular level. And then it supports our metabolism. So most women don't eat enough. They don't eat often enough. And when I start working with women and we look at uh, nutrition leadership, I get them to eat more, like a lot more. <laughs> and they almost feel like it is way too much. But for so long, a lot of women have lived in this place of fear and scarcity with it nutrition and so they just haven't eaten enough and one of the reasons why we can't cultivate results and change our body composition is because we're not using fuel so food to support this down regulation to support the recovery to support the creation of energy and to really support our metabolism food is important so we need to eat more of it more often so i invite you to come from this place of abundance what can i add in what do i need to fuel my body so i can push my body hard especially in this follicular phase so i can recover better so i have the energy not just for my training but to navigate life you need to eat more often. Food frequency is really important. And it is important because it manages your insulin and your cortisol. So it manages those stress hormones. And lastly, you need to drink water. A lot of water. At least two to three liters a day. Water is so important for recovery, but also for hormonal regulation. The water helps flush everything out. It helps detoxify. Then we move into summer. And summer is the start of the second phase of your menstrual cycle. So we are at day 14, which is ovulation. And then summer is post-ovulation and we're in the luteal phase. And I call this season mindful effort. So in the first half of the luteal phase, we still feel pretty good because at around day 14, everything's peaked. Uh, we're at peak hormonal health. Uh, our hormones are peaked. Our energy's peaked. And so we can still um, train hard and we still feel pretty good. Uh, it's at about day 18 to 19 in this first half that there might be a shift in energy. And what's really important to note is this seasonal stuff, there's fluidity to it. It's on a continuum. So when I'm saying days and numbers, it may not happen around that day exactly or on that day. Um, there might be fluidity within a few days. But what I've noticed within my cycle and then uh, with getting so many women to track theirs, is that at about day 18, 19, which is this last half of summer, there is a shift. 
as the body starts to prepare itself um, for autumn. And we really need to be mindful with our efforts. What does that mean? <laughs> it really means that we tolerate more moderate, longer workouts. Uh, so less intense workouts. And th what this can look like is that um, we can still train for an hour, but we do less within the hour. We rest more. We're more mindful. Uh, the volume is not as high uh, as we can tolerate in the first phase of our menstrual cycle. So as we start to move towards the end of summer, we really want to look at uh, tapering or slowing down our workouts. So maybe that looks like frequency. Maybe it looks like intensity and volume within the workout, like the actual sets and reps. Maybe it looks like we rest more um, during the workout. And this is really according to how your body feels. So it might not be until the last few days of this, um, this part of summer. And it's really, uh, you're dancing with PMS symptoms and you're dancing with energy levels. And if you're very mindful and you're tracking your cycle, you can really cultivate mindful efforts to support the changing shifts within the body. We need to be hydrated. So this is really important to remain hydrated and to be mindful that what's actually happening is that your core temperature is increasing. So after ovulation, we have an increase in our core temperature. And this um, can affect how quickly uh, we fatigue. And so there's been some studies done mostly in hot human conditions that females' time to fatigue is quicker in this phase of their cycle when they're training in hot, humid conditions because of our increase in our core um, body temperature. So we just have to be a little bit more mindful. We have to hydrate more and then just know that in the luteal phase and in this summer um, phase that our time to fatigue can be quicker. And so rest and hydration is really important. So we've gone through this transition and we start to enter the last season, which is autumn. And autumn starts at around day 22, 28, and it's pre-menstruation. So it is the second part of the luteal phase. And it is all about slowing down. Uh, what happens is that we have a plunge in hormones post-ovulation and this really shifts us into a yin energy phase where we crave more contraction, we crave more nourishment and this slowing down resting is really important for our recovery and to support uh, the changing needs of our body. And our body starts to speak to us in symptoms in this phase. We can feel uh, a little bit more unbalanced here, a bit uh, more um, indecisive. We feel a little bit chaotic. Uh, we can experience disharmony. We can be quite expressive. Our feelings of fear and anxiety can really come up as the hormones plummet down. Uh, so this phase is really important. You need to have more patience and compassion for yourself and you really need to 
pay attention and increase your awareness of what the body's actually telling you. Um, so it's important to not feel down on yourself if you feel tired, um, uh, more tired uh, through this phase of your cycle. If you can't train as hard or maybe can't lift as heavy uh, as you could last week because of this shift. Uh, and so we need to have patience and we need to slow down. And we need to honor these uh, changes by changing our training. And this is not the time to push harder, to lift heavier, to learn something new. It's really a time to be mindful and make sure that the movement or the training practice is restorative. It's coming from love. It makes you feel better and it gives you more energy instead of leaking more energy out of you. So they're the seasons. Uh, so you have your winter, spring, summer, and then autumn. And where do you start? So you start with tracking your cycle. And I started probably about six years ago. And it was when I was uh, starting Olympic weightlifting and to compete in Olympic weightlifting. And I would train a lot, like three or four hours a day. Uh, but my body was letting me down. I was getting injured. Some days I just felt so tired and exhausted and I wasn't recovering well. And I started to get really interested about why this was. Why last week that I felt so good and I could lift a certain number and handle a certain load. And then the next week, I couldn't. And so all I started to do was just write the day um, I was in in my cycle alongside my training. And so I had a training journal where I wrote everything down and up the top, I would just start writing what day I was on. And I did this for months and it was so fascinating. I went, when you go back to see the patterns, to see what's actually happening. And this is where I really started to get interested in my menstrual cycle and how it was uh, impacting my training. Uh, and then I, I started to, to honor that and to nurture and nourish that. So when my coach and I designed my training programs, uh, we really were mindful that, especially in these last five to seven days, that it really needed to be um, restorative and we need to focus on rest and nourishment uh, instead of pushing hard and not letting the cycle peak, uh, my training cycle peak, when my actual cycle, I needed to contract and rest. And this was really powerful. When I learned this, um, I honored the changing needs of my body and then I adapted my training around that and I flourished. Uh, I increased the weight on the bar. I was um, recovering better. I had less injuries. And so this is where I just started. And so I invite you, uh, if you keep a training diary or even in the notes section of your phone, just to write down the day of your cycle and maybe how the body's speaking to you. Is it speaking to you in symptoms? 
and then you can start to put the puzzle pieces together and really uncover patterns. Uh, so your homework is to track your cycle so you can have a deeper understanding of your own seasonal change. So you just need to, to do this in the journal or your, um, in your phone, in your notes, and then you can start to gain a really true appreciation of um, the body and what's actually happening. And then lastly, a happy hormones plan. And so I'm going to pull up my screen again and just share with you this happy hormones plan. Okay, so today's masterclass is a piece of a bigger picture when we're looking at health and vitality and to cultivate results and to feel balanced and to be able to change our body composition. This bigger picture uh, is all about energy balance or generating energy and understanding what gives us energy and what leaks our energy. And so when I start working with women, uh, this is where we start. We start with understanding our energies and what gives us energy. And so we look at things like food, nourishment. So nourishment is the breath, light, rest. We look at the training uh, as using the training as a lever to connect to the body and making sure that it is the right type of training for them and it's restorative. So these are all inflows, what gives you energy. And then we look at what leaks our energy. So what actually is causing us stress, lack of sleep, uh, an environment that is stressful, training that is not the right type of training for your body and for your goals, that doesn't support your metabolic health and your hormonal health. Um, this constant state of busyness or doing, uh, these are the things that leak your energy. And so if, you, if we focus on energy balance, we're looking at what gives us energy what do we need to get energy in? And then what leaks our energy? And often what leaks our energy uh, is higher than what actually gives us energy. So there's this energy imbalance. And this is where we start when we're trying to optimize our hormones and we're trying to get more out of our training and uh, support our hormones is that we really need to look at this energy balance. Part of this is creating a happy hormones plan. And I do this using six steps. Once we understand our energy balance and we work hard on bringing our inflows up to match and so we can sit more in an equilibrium or in a harmony. And we do this by uh, looking at maybe reducing 
the leakages, so changing the training, um, making sure we're enriching our environment, making sure that we're not constantly rushing or busy or distracted. Uh, and then we can bring up our inflows. So we're making sure that we're prioritizing sleep. We're eating more. We're resting more. We're uh, cultivating a breathing practice. Then if I still think that there is some stuff going on with the hormones, uh, this is when I would use a naturopath to support and to get um, the woman that I'm working with uh, to get her hormones tested. So there is so much you can do with uh, energy balance and nourishment and food and training first. Uh, and that's really cool because it's very empowering to know that if I understand my cycle, if I understand the changing needs of my body in each cycle, and if I can honor that, uh, there are so many tools that I have here to help balance out my hormones. Then uh, if there's still some stuff going on, we would get your hormones tested. The second is to replenish your nutrient stores. And this is all about nourishment and uh, thinking about food as uh, something that helps us downregulate, manage our stress, something that supports our creating energy on a cellular level. So fueling us for training and for life. And then food really to support our metabolism, our metabolic health. Uh, so our response to insulin and cortisol. And this comes into play with the third one, which is uh, healing your gut and metabolic repair. And then the fourth one is movement or training. And we need to cultivate a training practice that is from love, that is about being a lever to connect to the body and really honors and supports uh, you as a woman. So where you are in your cycle, your goals. Uh, and what I have found and what the research has shown is that strength training uh, really honors this and strength training, resistance training, um, supports your metabolism and really supports this goal around uh, wanting to change your body composition sustainably. So I want you to ask yourself, uh, with my training, is it from a place of love? Am I using it to connect powerfully with my body? Or is it from a place of fear and scarcity? Am I just training or exercising to lose weight or to burn the calories? The fifth is a breathing practice. So this really comes into to the nourishment side or the inflow. And breath is such a powerful tool for us to really harness and use to help downregulate our nervous system and to bring us into a very calm state. And then the sixth is supplement. So if I feel that there still needs to be some supplement support, uh, then we look at that and we look at that in parallel with the naturopathic support as well. So that's just a little bit of my happy hormones plan uh, that I use when I start working with women. So we do this alongside I get her to track her cycle. And those two things are just so empowering. Uh, so I invite you to start tracking your cycle and see what you can find.
Thank you so much for making the space tonight to connect and be in conversation about periods and training. Uh, if you have any questions, please connect with me. Uh, you can find me through my website, through Instagram, um, or you can just connect with me through email. Uh, and we can dive deeper into your cycle and what you need to honor your changing needs of your body during each phase of the cycle. Thank you. If you have any questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at Amy Kate Bow. I also write a daily blog. You can sign up on my website, amykatebow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.